right. Welcome to 3MFAers Podcast. Today we are here with our good friend, fellow a fellow cohort member from the Actors Studio, Max Pfeiffer, coming in from California. How you doing, buddy? Is that a good, that's a that good, was, is that a good sound for radio? Yes. You just have to make sure you keep doing it because <laughs> okay. part of you've established it as part of your character. So for consistency. Thank you. I mean, I'm glad it's good to be. We're off to a wonderful start. It's, this is this is exactly how I envision it, you guys. <laughs> really? Starting just like this. Max, tell the world about yourself. Uh, uh, the whole world is listening, so make sure you don't say anything embarrassing. Oh, man. Well, good thing I haven't yet already. <laughs> <laughs> good thing that cherry remains on top. Uh, well, I, so I'm an actor just like these guys. Um, I'm a kind of wannabe composer too. <laughs> no, stop it. <laughs> Working no, no, on that. You are a composer. <laughs> do that. Um, Very talented. And you know, I'm just kind of clunking along just like everybody is these days. Uh, Have you learned to pick up anything or done a lot of stuff over this quarantine process the last 10 months? Yeah. Were you productive um, or were you lazy? Um, kind of both. <laughs> I go sure. through cycles. I mean, that's fair. I didn't use Same. to surf before, and now I now I'm like a surfer, dude. Oh really? No way. Super, dude, bro, you fucking shred the gnar, dude. I'm shredding the fucking gnar. You're fucking catching dude, waves. I'm bro. catching some sick oh, ones, dude. Hence, getting up earlier. That's what you're saying. I got you. <laughs> Is right, that yeah. why you've been right. getting up early to make catch those fucking J- waves? Just, for, just to catch, shred the gnar, dude. Just shred, to the shred the gnar. Max okay. very <laughs> graciously is up at. You know, six California seven time. Yeah, California so it's, yeah, it's like yeah. seven o'clock. Um, in your opinion, which movie has more faithfully recreated surfing scenes, Point Break or Lilo and Stitch? Uh, okay, whoa, 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 Johnny Tsunami or, or Johnny Secret Draw Option C. Great pull, Johnny Tsunami. I have option D, Blue Crush. Option E, Soul Surfer. You know, well, <laughs> the thing about Point Break is, yeah, tell us what the thing about Keanu Reeves. Stands up on the board his first time surfing at nighttime, right. <laughs> and that's totally mm-hmm. realistic. Okay, good, good. I, didn't <laughs> yeah, know so that's why I really appreciated good. that good, that good, they good. just captured yeah, yeah, yeah. the realism there. <laughs> that, like he just totally pulled it off, like in the dark. I mean, he never surfed before. Like it makes a lot of sense. So sure. So sure. so your answer is point your final break. answer is point yeah, break for sure. Over, over, over Johnny Tsunami. Hold on. Let's remember right, Keanu <laughs> was a hockey goalie. Uh, in Canada before becoming an actor. So I feel and like... And when ice melts, it's basically water. So he has exactly. that skill set. And skates are basically a surfboard. <laughs> Not basically, it is water. So <laughs> no, I said that. And yeah. Also, Great. I feel like my chair is pretty squeaky, so sorry to you guys. It's okay, nah, you all good. It's all right. Not nah, squeaky sexy. Ooh. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I just got done like acting in a leather shirt. So Ooh. it's fine. My You're kid- never done. I'm never done. In a leather shirt. That's you. Just you. Just take pauses. It's like it's like <laughs> clapping. You're never done clapping. You're just pauses between claps. Become exactly. A hundred percent. So that's cool, Max. So surfing. <laughs> uh, and then uh, you've been you've been writing music, yeah. or I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's great. But yeah. What's, the, are you like working on any longer projects? Are you just kind of like honing the craft. Well, uh, I was kind of just making things willy nilly. Um, Mm -hmm. but now I'm actually, I'm working on this video I'm going to come out with. Oh my God. Mm. It's just a little, it's just a funny little thing. I don't want to say too much. 
I'll send it to you guys. Hopefully you enjoy it. Oh my it's God. Yeah. Basically. Cool. So it's like, let's just say Melania <laughs> is the brunt of the joke in this. And it's Christmas. Hey man, it's, that's not cool. It's Christmas themed. What are you doing? <laughs> that's not cool. What are you talking about? That's the first lady. <laughs> you have to show some fucking respect. <laughs> I know you're right. I'm just. She's an immigrant. She came here, the American dream, married a rich son of a real estate baron, catapulted into the upper echelons of New York social scene, just like everybody else. She worked her way up. Hard work. You can't be fucking trashy. She her, warrants man. our respect, but. She really does. I want to piss all over that. You want to piss on her? No. You want to pull an R. Kelly on Melania? (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know, sorry, something else. Max is very uh, politically conscious. Uh, uh, Yeah, so we don't have to talk about it. We don't have to talk about it, but I wanted to bring it up because I felt like when I came into school, I was very like, oh, look at me. I know so much. And then Max was like, you know fucking nothing. Whoa, is that how it went? And then I was oh like, shit, yeah. You, you don't remember that very aggressive conversation that you introduced yourself to me at? No. But no, I just, you're very inspiring. He he inspired me to become more aware. And then I was like, I went from being like, the Democrats are like kind of okay. I mean, they're not Republicans. And now I'm like, if you're not anything right of Bernie Sanders, I hate you. So, so. Thank you, Max. But that's not me. I'm not that like. That's not how I look I say, at it. I'm, no, no, I'm saying Caleb, I surpassed you. Oh, okay, Caleb's right. a, yeah. The student has become the master. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if it, I'm saying if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be such an insufferable prick. So it's really your fault. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm glad, you know. No, we've had we've had our fair share of uh, discussion in the last ten, 10 months here because it's been nothing. But, yeah. you know, what else are you going to do but watch? You know, It's important stuff. Max, who would you say are some of your favorite composer's biggest musical influences oh, number one for sure max richter knew it called it english german because dude. of the name because you guys have the that's name. the only reason like his music's actually yeah. pretty bad but his name's max <laughs> and that gives me hope <laughs> gives me a lot of juicy just oh, like tender representation hope. am i right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i feel represented now I for yeah. once feel represented out there. Okay. <laughs> it's number two, R. Kelly. Uh, yeah, as we mentioned before. Well, R. Kelly, of course, is a revered film composer, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you imagine we just found out R. Kelly had been doing, like, Hans Zimmer's music? Yeah. <laughs> he was ghostwriting <laughs> Hans Yeah, he's ghostwriting it. Hans Zimmer's wow. like, I, is he? Uh, he's like, I have a confession. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, so you guys have to promise not to get upset because I know this is, he's like not very cool anymore. But <laughs> he's not very cool anymore. <laughs> no, but Hans Zimmer, I would say uh, you're a big you're we're both big uh, Nin guys. Yeah, I mean, I feel Reznor like guys. people who like I mean, I don't really know any real film composers, but like people that are like well steeped into that world, like they probably roll your eyes if you said Hans Zimmer because he's just you know oh. it's like so obvious, but. Uh, but he's really good. He's great. He, cha- he yeah. changed the game. Yeah. He's fucking dope. I love him. So yeah, he's up there too. Uh, Nicholas Bertel is mm-hmm. incredible. He did. He does uh, the score for um, what's it called? Free, the show with Brian Cox on HBO, The Business Guys. Succession. Succession. Mm. Uh, <laughs> business Guys. That's what it should be called. <laughs> yeah, business that's Guys. That's Brian Cox. What is Adam McKay doing? Like it should just be called Business Guys. Business Guys. Angry Family. That's basically what The Sopranos is too yeah. every show yeah. on hbo can just be called business <laughs> uh but he's so he also did um moonlight and if Be- beale street could talk Ooh. Ooh. Oh, okay and the king which is that netflix show the henry v uh garbage i movie. liked it 
Um, yeah. Well, no. Okay, Brandon, can I ask you? Did you like it or do you like Timothy Chalamet? Both. Uh, liar. Like, no, if you took I, Timothy Chalamet no, no, no. out, would you still enjoy the story? Yes, but you know show? what? It, you know what it is. It is a bias. It's because I like what's his name. Um, the guy who wrote it, directed it, Michaud. Michaud. Yeah. No, no, the, no. The his writing partner on it, uh, Joel Joel Edgerton. Oh, he's great in it. So was Pattinson. Yeah. yeah. As that so Pattinson. That's, Pattinson, I liked because it seemed like he was trying to start a war with France. Yeah. <laughs> that accent was so bad. I know. But, but, I he, went it. Like but it. he went for I it. Yeah, me too. I I bought uh, it. Like, I feel I feel like it was just such a butchering of like the original Shakespeare. I couldn't get it. Oh yeah, it, for but, sure. But the but anyway, but the, the music was. was great. I fucking loved the music mm. and I thought it was awesome. That's just how do you me. feel about I really like how do you feel about Danny Elfman? I really like him. I like him too. I actually liked I mean, obviously he has much more notable credits than this, but he did Avengers Age of Ultron. Did he really? And mm-hmm. I really, he mm-hmm. like, because Al, Alan Silvestri did the rest of the Avengers mm-hmm. stuff and he did Captain America. And I really, like, Danny Elfman did like a bunch of his own spin on the original Alan Silvestri theme for Avengers mm-hmm. in Age mm-hmm. of Ultron. And I thought that was really cool. What he, um, yeah, came out with Elfman, the, he's great. Yeah, he's I awesome. Mean, he did like make the really douchey comment once, a douchey comment once about um, uh-oh. it was in an interview, and they were he was doing Justice League, and he was mm-hmm. implementing like his original Tim Burton Batman theme into it, yeah. just for like certain mm-hmm. moments in the movie, and the guy, I, I forget like what the context was, but the, the basically the guy said like, oh, so like. What, what what was the like means of you working in the, like this original theme like what like what music will you hear for Batman and Elfman's just like you'll hear Batman's theme it's like well what do you I mean what do you mean Batman there's been a lot like <laughs> you're talking about like the Hans Zimmer one or he's just like no you'll hear Batman's theme and he's Hell like yeah. referring <laughs> to his own from the Bur- Bur- movies well, it's I like, feel like it's dude, obvious what? though like what do you, what does the guy expect to give to say? Well, like I mean, I'm in reincorporating the music I wrote into this movie. So which well, one? No, no, no. Do? I explained it bad. It was when he asked that question. There was no premise of like, oh, you incorporated your your own your original oh, okay. music. Yeah, sure, he just sure, said sure. like, what music will you hear for Batman since you've done it before? That's what the question was. <laughs> oh, like the definitive Batman theme, which is the one yeah, I. Yeah, I'm sure. sorry. I explained that horribly. Yeah, so she's like, <laughs> no, no, no. You'll I, hear, I get it, like, I get hear it. Batman's theme. It's like, what? Do you, like, so he, the guy interviewing you is just supposed to know you decided to like recycle your original music, like, and then you're also shitting upon the other. Well, interpretation it would have been though if he was like, you're gonna hear the Simpsons theme. <laughs> <laughs> I would love, I would love that movie so much more if anytime anyone there was like a fight scene it was just simpsons <laughs> underscoring the whole and you just hear uh bart just like is the guy who like defeats steppenwolf in the end he's like eat right. my shorts man <laughs> and just like sends him to know, the um, fucking <laughs> space do you know whether he's doing the show or whatever they're doing for hbo max whatever you consider that the extended grimdark yeah. Zack snyder yeah masterpiece black and white cut i think i sh- yeah that's a good question i don't um they I mean, might I have imagine, brought back right? Junkie XL because he oh, sure. he was the guy. He's for, great. I love his score for Fury Road. Me too. I love I that. I don't know. I don't That's really know his score. other his yeah. other work, but I really like the the trailers with the fucking for that movie are so even just so good. He's just great. Yeah, perfect for that kind of movie. Yeah, you know? Max. I have a question. Do you, what do you what is your take on temp music? Temp scoring music. movies. There's so check out if you ha- uh, check out. There's a great YouTube channel called Every Frame of Painting, 
and mm-hmm. Caleb and I had watched, and I highly recommend the entire library. Yeah. Um, but they definitely have a section on score, scoring movies, and how a lot of filmmakers choose temp music to kind of get the mood for the composer. Like when you're cutting your film and editing, because oh. you can do everything on the computer now, film directors will have like existing music from other scores okay. and be like, okay, make it sound like this. And then so the directors, all the Hollywood scores sort of are starting to like kind of homogenize and sound the same, essentially. Right. Yeah. Um, so when you mentioned like Age of Ultron, the Avengers and stuff, that was one of the most interesting points was like that nobody takes risks to create these new melodies or these themes for these franchises anymore because everyone just does the safe choice the same you know they don't really add anything to the um to the scene but it also doesn't really take away anything it's just there to make you feel whatever so i just didn't know if you had checked it out or if you had any thoughts as a like a a, an artist who is who is in the you know creating music of his own and yeah you know he's you that you're really into the how that that is another layer of filmmaking yeah scoring and stuff like that um well i i well i'm embarrassed i didn't even know that was a thing really but um uh but i think on some level it makes sense because i like if i were scoring something i like to reference influences you know mm-hmm. or if someone were to say like hey i want you to make music for this like short movie or whatever and like they sent me a bunch of other music to give me and like just to kind of get an idea of what the essence of what they're going for is um, then I would appreciate that because that would help me know what direction to go in. Um, just, yeah. But I think it it definitely like if it, it is creating this sort of just like formulaic kind mm-hmm. of uninspired generic approach to make to scoring films, then then that's probably funny presents that you, a problem. You said you made that comment about Elfman because in the video uh, Josh is referencing Elfman was like who was like I fucking hate it. It's the worst practice yeah i'll never fucking listen to it it's ruining so i don't know maybe elfman's just a prick i don't know i don't have no idea right what what's that yeah yeah i mean he's from oingo boingo the most old school but no and genuinely yeah i I imagine when he's getting those they're probably filled up with his old tracks which how infuriating would that be (laughs) yeah cool you know what i mean like for him it was like it was you know i listened to it once to get that thing but then it's like let me let me let me do my job and let me Mm. score the film but that's that's what you were saying max like you know, it's like if it definitely give give, you know, me influences of how you want it to be, but then trust that I can, you know, I, I know what I'm doing and I can compose something that's moving and, you know, and it's yeah. but it's when what Caleb had mentioned, it's when directors use it to edit their film that like nobody can score to that because it's you're cutting your actual footage to, to something you're not going to existing. Even use. Yeah, yeah. And so, so it feel, doesn't. So you almost, you know, then can't even notice it, right? Yeah, that, because it's sort of, yeah, it's just funny. Yeah, that funny sounds interesting. That sounds stupid. troublesome to a degree. <laughs> yeah. Have you done any acting at all while you've been in uh, San Francisco? Or uh, no, no, I should like there is voiceover stuff here though. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I I should, but the thing is, I didn't mention this before, but I'm also I, I am. Um, studying information technology because uh, oh, nice Ooh, uh, right. you're learning to code uh well actually not we're learning to code. <laughs> <laughs> basically learning to do like the grunt work uh no, like help desk stuff or um like troubleshooting nice. network issues and stuff like that and are you gonna be a genius max has a has a colorful cast of characters yeah. and you just <laughs> met computer man, yeah, man. Very computer cool. man um 
Where, uh, where, where are you doing that? Um, I, I'm just taking. Uh, I'm subscribing to this service called um, IT Pro TV, actually. Ooh, and they, nice. they, the course I'm watching is, um, it's tailored to getting this specific certificate um, called CompTIA, um, which is, mm. as far as I understand, like the industry standard for like entry level IT jobs. Uh, nice, very cool. So yeah, that's something I'm doing as well. Hustling. Hustling, I like that. Seems like you're keeping busy. Well, yeah, yeah I'm working hard uh, on lots of different things. Um, and if I mean, if theaters were open here in the Bay Area, I'd be auditioning right now. Right, right yeah. now, because yeah, there's great theater. One of the things that sure, yeah, there's some really good yeah. stuff. So that's I'm definitely itching for that. And you know, people yeah. think it's all about LA, but we're you know in San Francisco. <laughs> There's tons of stuff up here too, you know. Like, I mean, it seems we fucking catch waves in the morning and fucking do theater at night, bro. But like, that's like, I always thought that, from my understanding, like as somebody, you know, I've never been to California, but mm-hmm. like, it always seemed like San Fran had like, or like outside of LA had like a lot more theater, and then LA was like, you know, Hollywood and film stuff, right? Um, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, because if you do theater in LA, you're like a joke. (laughs) Well, but like, (laughs) is what people think of you. (laughs) I don't know if it's true. (laughs) It's true. Like, if you if you like mention you do theater in LA, people are like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you do that?" (laughs) I I would do it. I just wouldn't trying to. I wouldn't be only exclusively doing theater in LA. Yeah, yeah, right. Is it is the La Jolla Playhouse? Is that kind of like halfway between, or is it like more closer to LA? Oh my god. You're testing my California geography, and I'm embarrassed. Bro, uh, you don't. I'll fucking quiz dude, you on the fucking one, I'm the fucking sure. five, yeah. Mulholland Drive, bro. I'm pretty sure that. <laughs> dude, don't don't even talk about the five. Dude. Don't even talk don't about the fucking five, about dude. About I, five, dude, I'm from the Bay, dude. You don't. What road do you think I fucking take to go down the LA? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this could just be the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think that's south of it. I think that's closer to San Diego. Oh, is it the other way? Yeah, okay. yeah. If my East Coast can, I mean, is showing. We have, <laughs> I have, compu- I have dual monitors here on my computer. I could just look it up. But oh, yeah, but there's good stuff down there, as there awesome. is here. Well, yeah, San Diego has like the old Globe, and oh yeah, there's like tons of theater down there. Oh yeah, don't you guys have a? You guys have like really good Shakespeare up there, though. From my understanding, in the Bay Area. Yeah. Um. Yeah, all those, all those fucking Silicon Valley bros. They're like, we got to make sure that we get our Shakespeare in. Yeah, like, we got to. But I'd say like you know, on the West Coast, though, Ashland in Oregon is like the mm-hmm. Shakespeare. Oh, yeah, place. I mean, Oregon Shakespeare Fest, obviously. Yeah, was. yeah. But, the, but yeah, um, there is there's good stuff here. I've seen some good Shakespeare plays done in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. like just even at community theaters. So cool. Very nice. So. All right. Bef- yeah, I guess. Is there anything else? That we want to Brandon, ask Brandon, did you have something? Yeah, it seems no, like I was going to do Mank. <laughs> <laughs> we like okay. hard cuts, or we like hard uh, we like hard shifts here at Dream Affairs Podcast. Yeah. Um, so this week we, uh, we had picked a David Fincher movie, so we're doing Zodiac, and at the same time, David Fincher's newest movie, Mank, was coming out on Netflix, so we were watching both this week, and I believe we're discussing Mank first. So, yes. Thoughts? Let's go around. Start with I don't know, Caleb. We'll start think? with our guests, Max. What do you think? Well, you guys set set the mood for the convo. I'm gonna laugh if you're like I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing: I didn't watch it. I was I was gonna do it. I was gonna do it. I yeah. swear. Uh, but you guys, I'm thoroughly prepared for this. I'd say because I also watched Citizen Kane because I hadn't Ooh. seen it. 
I, had, I actually, Max, nice. you called me, and I actually, we, Ryan and I checked out Citizen Kane right yeah. afterwards. So I actually did watch it as well uh, before watching Mank. What, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, Citizen Kane is widely considered to be one of the best, if not the best movie ever made. Yeah, mm-hmm. four and a half stars. So, you know, no hype. Yeah, very low expectations <laughs> going in. <laughs> um, but, you know, I liked both movies. Um, Citizen Kane was, I mean, it was weird to watch because you're, you know, it's just, it's just so, it's up there. It's like, it's just up mm-hmm. there in Hollywood lore. Um, yeah. And I was actually surprised by how, well they ha- like at least like for 1941 like how believable orson wells came across as like an old man <laughs> when he was no, he was 26 yeah. when he i think he was yeah. either 25 or 26 when he he was very it. young he's a young lad and i thought he was great like i was kind of you know with older movies like that like you like sometimes it could just when you juxtapose that juxtapose the acting back then with kind of modern expectations like you can kind of just feel like like everybody's talking like this and that uh, uh, uh. but um i don't know orson wells i thought was very charismatic to me well that was i mean citizen kane was like kind of the movie that sort of changed everything yeah like it it kind of reframed sort of how storytelling was done like mm-hmm. like in terms of like narrative structure and like presentation and cinematography yeah. and acting styles so it, it makes sense it would feel like very modern because it, it is one of those things that everything kind of after kind of borrows from it and is kind of developed built off of it right so that's i think why um everybody's like oh it's the greatest movie ever made because right. it's so influential and it is also i think it's a very well done film yeah orson welles is a crazy fucking egomaniac but he's a yeah. very very talented actor yeah, well, <laughs> who was playing orson welles in make tom burke. i thought that guy was really good tom burke british actor yeah, i didn't recognize him from anything but he was yeah. great i liked him the casting was good in Mank, so that's like david fincher casts are always fucking yeah. poggers here's the thing so i would like william randolph hearst who kane was based on he if you look up pictures of him he is like a spitting image of jeff daniels Really? <laughs> really? Yeah, That's just so like funny. look at a picture of him like when he's older. He looks so much like Jeff Daniels and Charles Dance, mm-hmm. you know, Tywin Lannister, a buddy from Game of Thrones. He was good, but it's just like ca- cast Americans. I wanted them to cast some Americans. Gary Oldman. I counted. Only- <laughs> I counted one. I counted one yeah, American. But Amanda Seyfried. <laughs> I mean, it's Avery. Yeah, because Col- I'm sure there were more. Lily Collins is British. Arliss Howard too. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, he's American. Tuppence Middleton's British. Uh, Gary Oldman's British, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Charles Gary Dance Oldman is, British. is technically whatever he wants to be at this point. Okay. <laughs> he's an actor; he can play any role. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sorry. So right. like, yeah, it was like yeah that. I mean, it doesn't seriously bother me, but like just a little bit. Like, I thought <laughs> like, Charles Dance. I thought Charles Dance did a great job. Yeah, he was good. He was good. But Amanda Seyfried, I thought, did a fantastic job. Yeah, she's a thousand. She's a thousand percent gonna win. There's so? no way what? she's not gonna win. Really? You think so? That's exact. That's exactly the type of performance that wins Best Supporting Actress. Like, really? Like she's like in like the best scenes of the movie. She like does an accent. She transforms into a real person. I think like if yeah, she doesn't, I can see it. she's definitely okay. I'll say she's definitely getting nominated. And if she doesn't win, it's because it's a performance from a movie I haven't seen yet. Like, there's just no way that cool. she doesn't win. Yeah, dude, I thought all, she was great. She I'm was my favorite part of Yeah, I, I thought she was Marianne fantastic, Davis. too. She was yeah. so likable, man. Like, it's so charismatic. And, yeah. Yeah, she was fantastic. Yeah, that scene with uh, with her and Garrett and, uh, and Mank, like, walking around the palace. What is yeah. it called? Mm-hmm. Uh, the palace. That's, yeah, it's so called, good. It's called Hearst Castle. Hearst Castle. No, thank you. It's the in castle. San Simeon. 
Kind of mm-hmm. sort of the part that she's like, welcome to Sam Simeon. Yeah, that was very good. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. I went there. I was a, there as a kid. Is it so it's very much still like a thing? Like it's you can go visit? Yeah, it's, it's, like, like, still, it's like, like a film. historical landmark. Right, okay. uh, it, it's halfway sense. between San Francisco and L.A. Very nice. Uh, just Sam Simeon's a tiny little town on the coast. Sort of like NorCal or like Central Cal? Well, it's, it's Central because it's halfway yeah. between. Um, but it's a cool place. I mean, that dude, Hurst, had, mm-hmm. like, like four fucking pools at that house. Like, two, like, indoor yeah. pools. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just it's crazy. He was very, very rich. Yeah. <laughs> and he's also, he was one of the first uh, newspaper moguls to to engage in what's called as yellow paging, mm-hmm. which is, like... Oh, what, interesting. Um, I think, I'm pretty sure that's a term for it, which is... You know, it's just over-sensationalized, like, kind of meritless news with not really a lot of substance that's not... It's the original like, fake news. Basically, like, he, <laughs> like, I think a lot of what's wrong with our media landscape today can be attributed to him, so that's... Which fun. is why I think I personally enjoyed the movie so much, is because yeah. it was so blatantly, like... Going, I thought it was going to be like, this is how they made Citizen Kane, which like, I'm not interested in those kinds of movies. Right. Like, I don't really like film that like, it's just Hollywood sucking its own yeah, dick. That's it's like just not like interesting Hollywood to me at being all. infatuated with itself, which, which is so boring. That's yeah. why I fucking hated La La Land, yeah. but, um, loved it. But what I liked this, <laughs> what I liked about this movie is that it's very blatantly drawing like political parallels between like our current situation and oh, yeah. like 1930s 1940s hollywood yeah. super interesting movie all the way through but when we yeah, got doing to it, the like, very uh, well. political propaganda part uh in the yeah. implications of that <laughs> which obviously up. we know as they're debating unleashing this pandora's box on us that we've lived with our entire lives yeah. like it, it that quickly became the most interesting point of the movie yeah yeah best best line was uh amanda seafried going uh that hitler is creepers <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, you fucking tell him, Marion. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Bill Nye is uh, Upton Sinclair. Upton, yeah. It's just magical. He was, uh, and they, like, but, a lot of people think he Brandon's could've... fucking brain just exploded. Exploded. <laughs> a lot of people think Sinclair could have won that 1934 gubernatorial race if it had they not had, had the fucking MGM the had film. It. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. Which is why it's such an interesting, like, narrative path. To have Mank just sort of offhandedly be like, you don't need my help. You could fucking make, you make King Kong. You can make people believe in this bullshit. Yeah. And then they do it. Yeah. And then it happens. Yeah. And then it's, ex- and then he goes on to then write a story about how fucking William Randolph first was the devil, yeah. essentially. Yeah. So I felt it was just like a very like slyly, excellently crafted narrative. Yeah. Um, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but it was just all just the presentation was it was i hated the fucking editing of it oh, like i okay. hated it was like oh you didn't it, like the time it, jumps in, the in my opinion i feel like it wasn't handled as like fluidly especially like in the beginning and then towards the end like it was like in my opinion like I, the ending it was just like back and forth back and forth back and forth too see, much it, it, for me yeah. at the at the end it came together at the beginning i was like this seems unnecessary but when it started tying together in the scenes at the end right we were kind of jumping from one conversation to the other that were either juxtaposed or very similar. I just feel like it wasn't necessary. I feel yeah, like I would have got, been, felt more powerful if you had let those scenes kind of exist on their own. And in the beginning, I do agree though, Brandon, like you open on him, like hoppling up mm-hmm. to like lie in bed with a broken leg. And then the very next scene is the car crash. Anyway, just start with the car. Cr- I don't know. <laughs> like, what, are, what are you doing? I don't, I don't get it. 
and then then he's but then he had a, like a wife or whatever and then she was like i don't know why i love you does it yeah, why, anyway. why she, <laughs> i didn't understand why she was called poor sarah did anybody because it on was that? like oh she's gotta she's gotta put up with him poor okay, sarah so like poor she's gotta yeah because he's like put he's up with this alcoholic fucking prick because it's just like the skaze thing social critic that, i'm in jay mangler yeah. <laughs> so like <laughs> so basically like everyone in his social circle understood their dynamic. She's like, Oh, poor Sarah. She has to put up with him. Yeah. Cause yeah. she, and they she were like, says in the she's 30s, like, I don't want to be called the, poor Sarah anymore. In the thirties, it was like cool and hip to treat your wife. Like <laughs> <laughs> so everybody was like, Oh, this he is great. Was nice to her. And when he, push came he was a show. raging alcoholic who gambled away their life savings <laughs> on a whim, but he was funny. <laughs> <laughs> he was funny Just and much- witty. <laughs> better version of purple rain is that what we're getting to oh, oh man God. so max i know you've mentioned that you have like listened to us before but yeah. uh a running joke our our probably most recurring not comedic a joke. bit is uh is uh how much we all love purple rain. i know i've, I've it's a 1984 guys, masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> um, the worst movie i've ever seen in my whole entire life it's not even the worst rated movie you've given a rating on the our podcast well that so was an accident all right well, i gotta say <laughs> but no Go ahead, Caleb. Sorry, you go. No, 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 please. This is going to be good. I can tell. I think you guys alluded to your Purple Rain grievances during the airing of your grievances in the Crash episode, which oh, yeah. I enjoyed all of it. It was it was great. Uh, yeah, the hand-to-hand combat. No, that was for another one. I forget. <laughs> um, so, but I want to... Okay, so before we get too off the rails... I do want to like uh, when I game. when I watched Mank, mm-hmm. um, it was interesting because I did going, so I did watch Citizen Kane that afternoon um, just to kind of finally cross it off the list. Like it was under the category on the the um, Turner Classic Movies section in HBO Max. So if, and they have all the like great classics there. Like it's a category called Filming One Hundred One, and I was like, okay, cool, Citizen Kane, and I could totally see where you know if you're a young filmmaker going to film school and learning needing to learn kind of like putting together and like lighting and shadow and things like that. Right. You know, watch Citizen Kane yeah. and storytelling, but minus like the, the content of Mank, like finishing the script or doing the rewrites or whatever in the 60 day format or whatever that the movie went the span that the, the present day in the movie um, went past, you know, I felt, you know, you saw a lot of that, that influence of some of the lighting and some of the subject matter and things like that. Other than that, I'm just like, I can see where like the influences are coming from with David Fincher and how he like created the movie and put it together. But I also, but at the same time, you know, it was kind of with the back and forth of the flashbacks. I mean, they sprinkled in a little bit of the political, social, whatever environment at the time, you know, versus dealing with a little bit of the um, Orson Welles and his, his character. Cause they, what they said at the very beginning, it said RKO gave, and Orson Welles like complete control. control. Yeah. So then why? Yeah. But then why is this guy writing the movie? Was a, a question that I had the whole because time. Because they had worked together on theater productions yeah. at the Mercury Theater Company, and he was like, "Oh, I'll get this guy to write the script." Because yeah. gotcha. Okay. Know, which I feel like they made that pretty clear. Yeah, I must have like in the two plus hours of watching. No, it, for like, sure, for sure. I think it's easy to make. if you don't. I think it's if you don't already know like the mythology of Orson Welles, it might not yeah. be clear. Yeah, because I'm obsessed with that guy <laughs> i don't think it would be like i i made a point to kind of look up a lot of that stuff before i watched the movie and that's sure. why i wanted okay. to watch citizen came before i watched mank because i really wanted to have uh a context well yeah, yeah. It, it well it wasn't super clear uh and i like that was i was my question is like how aware 
were you guys of all this beforehand? Because I was very unaware of any of it. I wasn't, I wasn't really aware of like no. the details, but like I, I'm a, I don't know if I would say I'm a fan of Orson Welles. I just find him like a fascinating character. He is like, fascinating. He's just, like, yeah. Um, very talented actor. Yeah. Um, very like, I think the picture of like ego, like the dictionary definition of ego should just be his face. Right. Like she just thought he was like God's gift to the arts and, and maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe he was, but. Well, did I tell um, you that Ryan and I listened to the War of the Worlds on yeah. radio? Which is fucking Halloween, cool, right? Which is really cool to listen to. Which supposedly um, like actually scared people that aliens were getting people out. Freaked yeah. the fuck out. Yeah. I actually, I, in college, I learned about part of the reason was because I forget what it was, but there was a very, it was either a very famous concert or a very famous broadcast of other kind went long yeah. that same night that bled into War of the Worlds' time slot. And the beginning of War in the Worlds, the radio show, it's like, this is fucking yeah. play. Like, it's fine. Yeah. But a lot of people didn't hear that part. So they're like finishing. <laughs> this is true. You can Google this. Yeah. They're finishing. They're finishing whatever it was. Yeah. And then they changed the fucking channel. It's like the Martians are invading. Oh, yeah. I would fucking Aliens be. Uh, yeah, I don't have TV. I don't, know what, I don't know what fucking TV is. Science fiction uh-huh. hasn't been invented yet. So I don't fucking know. Maybe I, I trust who's on the fucking radio. They sound <laughs> believable. I, I get it. I'm not I'm not going to clown on those guys too hard. <laughs> no, it's a very um, it's a very good radio. Uh, it sounds radio fucking piece. convincing, too. Like, like, I, I would believe it if I just if I'm like cruising to 95.5 the river and then I just like <laughs> tune over and then I hear this shit. I believe it. But anyway, yeah. so to answer your question, Brandon, I'm sorry. I, I knew. I, yes, I knew I knew about enough of it that it, I wasn't like taken out of it or anything. But I definitely didn't know that much about the guy like like a Mank, right. the character of Mank. So it was cool that to learn that he was just like every other person in the 30s, just an alcoholic smart ass. <laughs> well, how how hilarious was the idea of like all the writers at MGM like writing together and then like throwing that kid under the bus and making him pitch the end of yeah, the movie? Yeah, that was that was and great. Then I, that was the really one funny. guy's just like B movie. Come on, guys, this is serious. And it's just like well, it's it's very it's very like it's very like um that kind of stuff. It's sort it started to bleed into what I was talking about earlier, where it's just like oh, writers are so fucking smart and they're geniuses and all the fucking studio people are fucking stupid. And like, it, I was like, all right, settle down. And I'm glad that that wasn't like the movie because yeah. they clearly did think very highly of themselves. And so you have to like faithfully create that and put that in there. It was a little eye rolly because I can see how they probably thought like, it was like, yeah, this is fucking cool. It, looked, yeah. it just kind of was kind of lame. <laughs> the, the more interesting stuff to me was all of the like interactions with William Randolph Hearst and him, oh, like totally real, realizing that like, oh, you know, art is politics and politics is an art. Yeah. And like that subplot where like his friend, I think Shelley just immediately overcome with so much guilt about like the actual real implications. Like, oh, I right. changed this political election. Yeah. I ruined a bunch of lives. Yeah. And then he just fucking kills himself. I, I was like, God, that's so fucking I, awful. Yeah, I agree. That's a, <laughs> that that stuff was some of the most riveting mm-hmm. components of the movie for me as well. And I also, I don't know if you guys looked into this after you saw it, but I also got really interested in the whole controversy between Mank and Wells, and like, you know, who contributed more to the script. Like, mm-hmm. and it, mm-hmm. did you guys feel like Fincher was definitively claiming that, like, oh, Mank did everything? Uh, or like it was well, more ambiguous. So, so the backstory of Mank is that Fincher, so Fincher doesn't write any of his own scripts, which I think is fucking amazing. Jack Fincher wrote have, it, like, his dad, apparently. His dad, yeah. his late dad his late, did, yeah. yeah. And so, who was, oh, who was okay, a, cool. a writer by trade. Yeah. So I think he, he was kind of coming from that position. Mm-hmm. I feel like 
be, you know, it, it doesn't really, I, I don't think the film really focuses on that. I think they make a point to not focus on that. Like, Wells, like, storms out, and then it cuts to the Academy Awards. And the, but like, it, the movie's already yeah. made and received. And then so I feel like, in the, my interpretation of it, and if you guys disagree, please let me oh. know, it was less, like, Mank did everything, and it's more like, let's, like, give him the credit he does deserve. Yeah. Because the the idea is that it's Orson Welles, Orson Welles, Citizen Kane, Citizen Kane, uh-huh. right? So I think the purpose of the movie was more to be like, well, Mank, you know, instead yeah. of just like, fuck Orson Welles, it was like, well, also Mank. Yeah. That I, was what I felt. I, I also got that. I think I it's a, a really telling line, too, which is one of my favorite lines of the movie, where um, I can't, I think he's, he's talking to the girl that's helping him rehabilitate and write, and he says secretary whatever Rita Harris Rita Alexander Alexander, yeah yeah, Rita um who and then which also weird subplot her husband's like lost his city or whatever and then at the end she's like he's alive (laughs) the fuck um something definitely got cut there for sure yeah there was a couple probably other scenes of her moping but he has this line where she's like no it's it's Orson's now and whatever he decides to you know he's like you know I've given him an outline uh, a solid story and a place to go and whatever he does with it now is his job. And there was, but, yeah, you know, adds to the collaborative process of it all, you know? Right. And I think what's interesting to note is because up until then, like, well, you're saying like that scene with like a bunch of people like bouncing off each other, like a bunch mm-hmm. of writers in a room creating yeah. something. But this was like, no, like this is like an artistic statement. Like one guy sat down to like tell this narrative story. Yeah. And I think, you know, that is like a line in the sand that is like, oh, now it's like, cause nowadays it's, it's like a very common thing. Like auteur filmmakers or like screenwriters that like, no, this is what I want to do. Uh, but no. And then I think, you know, part of the journey of the film is all of these characters being like, dude, this is like fucking brilliant. And I think you should like fight for like acknowledgement on it. Yeah. Cause like you did this. Yeah. So maybe, maybe they are trying to say like, oh, like, Herman Mankey is Josh. What do you think? Sorry. No, I, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm like my role is I take everything in and I surmise and I regurgitate my profound statements of intent. No, I don't. Um, yeah, I, I agree with Caleb with the, and also this is, this is my work, right? Cause yeah. it, cause it is credited as co-writers for mm-hmm. Citizen Kane. So his name is on there. People just mm-hmm. can flight and be like, since Orson Welles directed, acted in things like yeah. that that's his film i'm interested in terms of the the content because obviously the use of the flashbacks bring you know the episodic kind of back and forth of the flashbacks i thought you know obviously he went off and then started writing citizen kane because he he i'm assuming that dinner scene at the end is him getting that like, like oh this would be an interesting story yeah, he's like i'm like, literally airs I'm out telling all, you what i'm gonna do yeah. you little fuck he's like I'm gonna air out all of your laundry and they're like whatever whatever you say you washed up fucking loser exactly and like and i thought i did think it was an interesting vehicle of using like the broken leg as the kind of tell that it was present day versus the flashbacks like well, they so, told you on screen every time they cut. Well, that's what I was just going to say. I said, <laughs> you have this thing where, like, he he's literally writing in a, in a cast, laying down. Mm-hmm. And then all the other scenes, he's walking around. So, like, you could surmise as an audience member that, oh, yeah, this must be in the past. But people, but they I just guess, think, yeah, they think you're fucking stupid. So like, they have to go exterior. So many, you know so many moments you know? like that in, in movies where it's like, oh, they just think that we're dumb. Like, they have no respect for <laughs> Because what? All. Because one person. I, I don't even know that it's the people thinking it's dumb, so I don't mean to interrupt. I just think it's more of like they understand that half the people that are watching it have 
are like walking around their house doing something and yeah i mean not you, be paying attention to that's it, you know maybe, what i mean yeah. like they're they're aware <laughs> but i still feel like I mean, though like know. in the editing that's room weird. or like when you're when you're making this making a movie and you have screenings <laughs> like, of it i didn't write it for netflix <laughs> right <laughs> i don't i don't know i don't think i i, I would be curious to meet people who write their films with uh, like oh well people aren't going to be watching this very carefully <laughs> i don't know whatever sorry josh you sure. no it's i'm i just gonna say like uh to brandon's point like but there's like there there's obviously there was one person there going i think we need to add this in because it doesn't make sense it's like okay buddy but like <laughs> if you sat down and actually thought about it there's no way that he could be in a cast one day and then the next day walking around you know yeah it's I, I so it's i agree with you one of those things but <laughs> But in terms of like the, the with the style with the black and white, do you think that they filmed in black and white, or do you think it was the the digitally film in color and then take the color well, out? Like we I talked mean, about last Fincher, week, Fincher yeah. only films digitally. So okay, so def- I, I, yeah. but I think I think you can film black and white digital. I yeah. think there's a way to do that. Oh, okay, I'm sure that. I mean, I don't know. What what I do know is that I mean, he's like, and we'll get into this uh with zodiac yeah. especially but fincher is such a fucking obsessive compulsive maniac like heard that, yeah. it like in terms of like attention to detail and like mm-hmm. faithfully recreating like a time period like they constructed like all that stuff and they really tried to like make sure it was like like you know picture like perfect like period accurate um trent Reznor and atticus ross who have like done all of his scores since social network who are also they great by the way those are also they're yeah, two of my favorites they're fucking yeah. they're, they're fucking brilliant yeah. um they only used like authentic, like period accurate instruments to compose. Um, so I feel like, I feel like everything was, uh, sorry, I don't remember what your question was, but I feel like the black and white digital black and white. So everything else is authentic. Uh, I don't, but I don't know. Maybe they, I just don't think, I don't don't even know that on digital it matters at all anymore. You know what I mean? It it may not because, uh, uh, Max, we had a conversation color posts, I guess about, um, the contrast and shading and stuff. So, yeah, we we did Elephant Man last week, uh-huh. and um, we talked because the David Lynch specifically chose to film on black and white, which is a different because he was filming on film. And so yeah. I was curious watching this in black and white if it was, but if it's digital, then obviously there's filters and yeah. all sorts of. Fincher does yeah. like fifty you know. to a hundred takes a scene, so like he has to shoot digitally because it would be too expensive. To oh man, those poor, <laughs> yeah. those poor oh, giraffes and monkeys. They shot know. um, they shot that the big dinner scene, the climax yeah. with where he's like, oh, you know what would be a good story? Uh, they shot that for like a hundred days. Holy <laughs> fuck! That was like that was like. It was like half of the fucking shoot was like getting that right. That's what I mean. He's like so like detailed. Yeah. Like he's like so Gary Oldman is actually throwing up because he's just he's, <laughs> he's had just so he's like, tired. He's like, I he's can't. Had, <laughs> he's had to drink so many of those <laughs> goddamn whatever's. Um, I could be getting that wrong, but I I, I don't think I am because I remember reading that and I was like, holy moly! I like obviously like they probably filmed other stuff too, but like over a hundred day period, right? It took yeah. to like do that. Uh, I just I know we got to get the Zodiac. But I just I'll try and make this quick. Just want to say a couple more things about Mink. No, please. We have only, we got, we got time. <laughs> nice. Uh, Caleb, I agreed with what you originally said as far as if, if the film was taking a side of the look of Mank or, mm-hmm. or, or Wells, who did more. But then they, they also, and one of the last shots was of Mank, you know, making what his would be acceptance speech. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, well, I would want everyone to know that the truth of, the creation of this script was, you know, me without Orson Welles, like in paraphrasing. Um, 
Yeah, totally. that was one of the last I mean, shots. I was like, huh, that's. But but even with that, like like the Orson Welles, the shot right before that, right, makes a joke being like, "You can kiss my half." So like, yeah. <laughs> and, but, I, yeah. Go ahead. I, know, I was just gonna say, like, for me, it's it's like there's what the characters feel, and there's what like the filmmaker. Oh feels. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, but this is my interpretation. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Fucking I don't. I'm well, not I, I don't know either. I was just. I, <laughs> you know. It's interesting. It's interesting to think about because, yeah. like, ultimately, I feel like it's like so much of the movie that's not even the point. But uh-huh. then that is how they choose to end the film. Right. But, but, you're right. It's but like, even that, I wanted to bring that last scene up, that last shot too, because do you guys think that? Because I, I took it one way, and then thinking about it, I took it a different way. Right? It almost seems playful between the two of them. Like, I don't know. If I mean, we, they never work together again. So I, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, maybe they just have know? a good sense of humor. Who fucking knows? I mean, Mank, I know they, I mean, like every fucking movie, they have to have like, oh, and here's what happened the next 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> like in titles at the yeah. end. And then they yeah. say he like didn't really work in any meaningful capacity again. And then he yeah. fucking died. And <laughs> he, he did. He wrote some, he was writing a script for some big studio immediately after he finished Citizen Kane. I don't remember what it was, but that, yeah, that was one of the last things he did. did. What a way to go out. Something at just on acting note here, what I loved Mm -hmm. about Tom, I think his name is Tom Burks. The guy I was playing Orson Welles, Tom, Tom Burke, I think. Tom Burke. Yeah. Yeah. The scene where Mank tells him, Oh, I actually want credit, you know, and he flips out Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. and he throws his, you know, his, box of concoctions yeah. <laughs> uh his uh what did like, they support uh, support system yeah, support or something system. And, <laughs> and then makes like you know oh, a violent purge of violence is what kane needs when susan leaves him like yeah. uh and then wells is like maybe and walks out his little yeah they have that he has that moment of like Fuck, you're a genius. Yeah, he, like, walks out. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm but still fucking little, pissed yeah, at you. And then he has, like, his physicality is so fucking good there because he kind of has that weird, like, wobble as he, like, kicks something. He, like, kicks mm-hmm, a yeah. piece of furniture as he's walking out the door. And I was like, dude, the way he moves right there looks exactly like how Orson Welles looks when he, in Citizen Kane, when he's flipping out and, like, fucking tearing the room apart when Susan Alexander yeah. leaves Yeah, him. very stiff. Yeah, it was, very, it was yeah. like, but it was so, like, nuanced the way he hmm. did it, just, like, that little, like, awkward-looking kick, right? And I think that, like, I mean, that's, that, that has to be David Fincher, like, working with Tom Burke and, like... Yeah, I mean, well, maybe Tom Burke was just also... Very you good. could have come prepared for sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, I'm, like, I'm sure. I'm sure it's both, but, right? Yeah. I'm sure it's like all of the all of the actors and Max. I mean, like I know yeah. I agree with you. I, I wish that like sort of Americans would also get work. Yeah, <laughs> but that's why that's why you fucking cast these British actors because they're yeah. all trained so well. Yeah, and like they all come super prepared and they're really good character actors yeah. instead of just movie stars. So you have that, and then. David Fincher being like, all right, we'll do a hundred of these. One of them is going to be good. (laughs) You know, and that's just why he gets so he's, he's really good at the job of casting. I think he assembles really amazing casts in all of his movies and he's able to get the best out of them because he fucking, you know, he talks about it. He's like, I work through the bad first instincts, the bad takes, they get it in their bones and then they get so fucking exhausted. They're just natural. And then he's getting natural performances because it's like takes 70 to 100. It's like, I just want to be done with this. <laughs> Gary, Gary Oldman's favorite scene is when he's sleeping. Yeah. He's just like, I don't have to fucking do anything. Uh, I want to rate real quick before we... Or do you want to rate or do you want to go into Zodiac? Max, you don't have to if you don't want to. Oh, right. oh I'll rate. 
Can I just say one more thing? I'm sorry. I know yeah, this of course, is supposed yeah. to be a shorter conversation. But um It's okay. Apparent so in the nineteen seventies, this film critic named Pauline Kale mm-hmm. released an essay called Raising Cain, which was the premise Raising of Cain, this yeah. big book she wrote about Citizen Kane. And she staunchly takes the position that like, oh, Mank did everything and Wells was like mm-hmm. a hack and he was an egomaniac, which is, you know, most people think that's true that he's an egomaniac, but like she's basically like shitting all over him and saying like he deserved none of the credit for writing it, blah, blah, blah. And she was actually discredited later because it turns out oh, wow. writing in her writing um, that essay, she was working with this professor from UCLA named Thomas Stuber, I think was his name, who a lot of the content she used in her essay, like the interviews she referenced with Manx and Orson Welles, like secretaries and stuff like that, those were mm-hmm. based on interviews that this Thomas Stuber guy did. Mm-hmm. And he had this whole essay of his own that was supposed to be included in her book. And she didn't include his writing at all in her book oh. and in her essay. It's a no-no. And then referenced a bunch of the material she got from him and gave him like oh, no wow. credit for any of it. So <laughs> she did the very thing that she was accusing. That she was accusing or so so doing. <laughs> what a, what a dumbass. <laughs> so like, like the thing, I guess most people believe as far as like who did more with Susan Kane script is that Mank, you know, in 1940, like in the movie, he did entirely write the first draft himself and the second draft. But then, Orson Welles contributed more later while mm-hmm. Mank, like, because Mank finished the script and then he went on to write that other movie that I mentioned before, which I don't even remember what it was. So while he was doing that, Orson Welles was making revisions. Like, a lot of the stuff that's celebrated about Citizen Kane, like the, the dinner scene, you know, that where it's flashing through times, but it's, you're just watching the same scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mank intended all those scenes to be full scenes with drawn out dialogue and then yeah. you know Orson Welles mm-hmm. like tweaked it to basically you get the same sense of exposition but it's but it's stylized in this much, compelling much way and it's and faster styling, yeah. and like so apparently yeah. a lot of that stuff in the final product it, that's more of Wells contribution a lot of the stuff that's really celebrated about the movie is sure. adjustments that Wells made yeah. So I mean, film is a director's medium. I mean, that happens all the time. Directors get a script and it's like, all right, we're gonna and I'm gonna interpret this or like right. cut what I don't need and right. But without that foundation, you know, the movie wouldn't exist. Well, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Sure. I think it's super interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting. That's funny, but that's funny about uh, Kale though. I didn't yeah. realize she had been totally discredited. That's, that's so wild. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys want to write? Mank, mank, mank. Let's do it. Let's do it. Who wants to go first? Um, I'm gonna give it a four. I I do as well. I think it can easily go up if I when I watch it again. But a four for now. I concur. Yeah, I'm gonna join the bandwagon here. I'd say four too. That was my force, 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 force. Fours for the four MFAs. <laughs> very cool. Um, yeah, one of the interesting things between Mank and the uh, other movie we we're watching this week, Zodiac, is Mank has all these time jumps, right? Where thankfully Zodiac is a very linear timeline mm-hmm. because it would have been confusing as shit if they kept jumping from one crime scene thing to another but that is our <laughs> other movie of the day zodiac um thoughts around the table guys i mean 
I I enjoyed it a lot. I think there's a lot to talk about. Uh, I have so much more, so many more questions about that. You know, the Zodiac and and uh, the killer and everything. Who, uh, but. who wants Who wants to make the joke uh, about it being their favorite Marvel movie? Does anyone? Want to make that joke? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because yes. the, the ubiquity the ubiquity of the MCU means that even movies from last decade, it's just like, oh, all I fucking see are superheroes anymore. It was right before Iron yeah. Man. It was 2007. It was. Yeah. It, I think Robert Downey Jr. was still on drugs when they were yeah. shooting this movie. <laughs> still though, man, he's so good. He's great. It's my it's my favorite performance from him. And we'll yeah. and we'll like like easily the best. I think it's the best thing he's done. But we'll we're jumping around. Yeah. So who, so oh, in, in terms of like initial thoughts and feelings of so I did you know we made that joke before the episode was that. I've had it on my Netflix list forever mm-hmm. because it's always something I've wanted to check out. And literally the day that I go to watch it, it's off of Netflix and I had to <laughs> go to Amazon yeah. Prime. But um, for it's interesting because I thought it was I thought it was good. I always like these like kind of uh, crime, serial killer kind of thriller drama things. Right. Historic because there's a lot of history involved with it. It's a very interesting case in itself. Um, you know, and you start off with the whole, like, you know, the following is, is based off of actual case files, which I'm always, I'm like, good, I'm hooked. I'm there. Yeah. But for me, the, the pacing Mm -hmm. of it to span for like two hours and 37 minutes Mm -hmm. and the fact that it covered, like they tried to get all of it in there. Yeah. Like in terms of the time period from like 68 to 79 or whatever, whatever that decade they tried to span. I thought it was a little ambitious, but in terms of the story and following like like Jake Gyllenhaal's character, mm-hmm. you know, I liked it. It was it was a it was a it was an, uh, a good movie yeah. for me, yeah. you know. But it, but I'm kind of middle ground with it all, and we'll we'll definitely get into it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I mean, I I thought it got more and more entertaining as it went on for me personally. I yeah, I don't. Like, I didn't feel. I it's definitely like you definitely feel its length, but I feel like part of that is intentional because these characters it's been over a decade and they like have no they're no closer to getting this fucking person who's like terrorized northern california i mean all of california like i feel like you're no i appreciated like feeling fucking drained and feeling like exhausted it's just you know i thought it was really amazing like i thought it was a really really good movie and i had seen it in high school and i thought it was like fucking boring because i didn't know anything in high school i was like this is lame Mm -hmm. because i had just like i had been getting like all those netflix dvds and i was like seven fight club what else has this guy made? And then yeah. it's just this like really like really meticulous and grounded like story about people who just like can't. They're getting outsmarted by a serial killer. And like, he's fucking stupid. <laughs> but revisiting it now, I, I love how clinical it is. I love how like tedious and like obsessive and uh, and it, it, it Brandon, like as it goes on, it just becomes so tense. And like, I'm just so exhausted. And like, interestingly, at the very end, too. it's like hor- it's like horrifying. Like Whoa. the scenes, like, and we'll get to that, of course. But like, there, there are genuine, like, scary moments for yeah, me. Yeah, like, I, the basement, I mean, this movie, <laughs> the basement, <laughs> but even just like the the killing at the lake. Oh, like, oh the yeah, two that's people. awful. I, I hate watching yeah. that part. It's so it gets me. Yeah. But the 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 ends, not the end end, but as we're getting into like the third act, and like you said, there's these mm-hmm. scenes that are are so tense. But those, while all your main actors are killing it, I think they're all doing an amazing job. The two guys who are your like assumed, you know, top suspects were so good. Like the actors. In my opinion, the best acted scene in the entire movie, 
and I, and I know we're jumping all around. I'm sorry, but this is a perfect segue for it. Is the is the interview of Arthur Lee? Oh, well, that's so, good. So, so good! So good! Like one hundred percent. So it it's just like John Carroll Lynch, who plays uh, mm-hmm. Arthur Lee Allen, is like a very character actor. He's in he's in fucking. There's so many comedies, man. Like I see he's, him. And he's I think uh, yeah. he's Mar- he's Marge's husband in Fargo, uh, which is like <laughs> one of the big things that a lot of people know him from. But yeah, he's and he's playing this guy who he seems totally calm and collected, but as like he he like offers a little bit more information than maybe he has to. And then he starts to slip and he hides yeah. his watch and he shows his boots and he realizes he's showing his boot and all the detectives are all clock. It's like Elias Codius, Mark Ruffalo. I'm so sorry. I don't know the other guy's name. He's not as famous, oh, but he's yeah, still great. He's still really good. Yeah. Um, it's just such a masterclass of like subtle act. It's like the kind of acting that, that like film was invented for, in mm-hmm. my opinion, like it just so many micro expressions and it's just like, I, yeah, when I, I was like totally enraptured by that scene in particular yeah. i think it's a master masterpiece of a scene yeah and then I, I for me like the other one was the scene in the house in the basement yeah you know? well that's i mean that's more i feel like more like external like that's yeah. like very like there's like lighting and like music for, for, cues for sure and, yeah. like, but, but him underplaying it the way he did i mean the other actor obviously joan hall's great but the, i do all the posters myself and jake's like oh my yeah. fucking god <laughs> i won't oh, take any more of your god. time <laughs> i i Sorry, I gotta go. <laughs> but his coy smile when Gyllenhaal leaves yeah, then begs he, so many more questions. And it's like, who the fuck was the, who else was in the house? Because they were working together. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, Anthony Edwards is the actor you're trying to think. Anthony of. Edwards, thank you. He yeah. was great. I'm sorry. I know you listen every week, Anthony. I know you tune in every week. I'm a big fan. So he's I'm gonna sorry. Be, he's gonna no, be pissed, but, man. He's gonna <laughs> Max, he's gonna write a scathing review. <laughs> Yeah, Max. We one have. Star um, uh, you said this is one of your favorites. Yeah, you said, David one of my favorite adventures. Yeah, for what sure. Now, what about like what about it in terms of like? Oh. And that's not. I'm not trying to be like facetious or anything. Yeah. I'm just saying in terms of because I haven't digested it yet. It's yeah. been less than 24 hours. But you know, like Caleb was saying, with like the clinicalness of it, and like yes, the performances were great, uh-huh. and I do, I do feel that. You know, the last 40 minutes, I was totally on board and I loved it. Yeah. But I'm also now thinking after Caleb had talked about it that, you know, you kind of get lulled into this like completely drawn out process. Then when you like get those steps a little bit in the next direction and you get excited and you're so you're I'm actually feeling what Jake Gyllenhaal is feeling Mm -hmm. as soon as he talks to that housemate, you know, or the house worker. And he like he's like, wait, what? And then he gets excited. And then I'm like, (laughs) "Okay, great. Now I'm on board. Let's fucking figure this out. Yeah, but anyway, I digress. Um, one of your favorites. Yeah. Uh, well, it's I'd say partially is be, uh, well, one of the reasons is because I'm just a sucker for the subject matter because I I can sometimes go down like, true crime rabbit holes. So mm-hmm. I was very uh, infatuated with the Zodiac Killer case even back in middle school. Uh, which mm. is that's the grade I was in when the well, you grew came up out. a little, uh, huh? <laughs> it's a little, a little too young. I think. <laughs> eighth, eighth grade, eighth grade, and then that. So oh, this movie great. came out uh, when we, when we were in eighth grade, like going into mm-hmm. freshman year of high school, uh, and I saw it in theaters. So a lot of it went over my head back then, and I didn't like what you were alluding to, Caleb. I like a lot of it. I didn't appreciate. Yeah, but. And you grew up in the Bay Area, so you... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, so there's there's that, because it's kind of close to home. I mean, not, you know, obviously it wasn't around in the late 60s and throughout the 1970s, but it's something that's, like, 
you know, definitely in the psyche of the people around here, as well as the uh, Golden State Killer case, which is a whole other mm-hmm. thing. But um, or is it? Oh. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> but um, uh, so there's that. Like I just like I came infatuated with that story and then that infatuation became a fascination and I would like read about it and I read um Robert Graysmith's book mm-hmm. uh you know which was part of the basis for this movie mm-hmm. uh and then just combined with what you guys have mentioned that it's just so beautifully acted and it's also I don't know who, if he works with uh if Fincher works with the same cinematographer or anything throughout all his movies. Um but uh, just the way his movies are shot, they're just beautiful. So, yeah. And, uh, and I really love that about this so movie. Specific. And yeah. I and I also think the pacing is great. Like this is it's such a this saga of the Zodiac and the investigation, it's such a gargantuan like it just covers so many years and there isn't really the closure with it that you would like, like they still, there's still no like a Hollywood movie. Yeah, I mean, there's still open it's still, cases. This, and- but this movie, this movie was so fucking like it did so well that they reopened the cold case yeah, after well, it came out. And they did, he did. Fincher did the best he could as far as like you know, he, like what you mentioned before, being the completionist that he is. Like he mm-hmm. tackled this subject, I think, in a really, really successful way, um, and I think that warrants the length. And absolutely. I, I totally yeah. agree with you. I think it's completely and, justified. Yeah. The script is even longer. Like uh-huh. if you if you read this, it's it should come out to closer to three and a half hours. But oh, wow, oh, man, that would be too <laughs> but much. in production, but in production, this is like one of my favorite pieces of trivia about this movie. But so production, David Fincher was like, well, I don't really feel like cutting anything. So uh, all of actors, you guys just like speak faster. And all the actors like, excuse me. <laughs> and then, so they're all just like. That's why they're kind of speak. I mean, I think it works. Like, yeah, I, I think works. it totally it's fits like the vibe. Newsroom talk. Like, I mean, you yeah. Know, Max, yeah. Like we did. Me and Max did a, a show called Our House last year, where we were in, you know, kind of business oh, in newsroom yeah. areas and so, stuff. So fun. But Almost two years ago now. I Almost know, two years ago. Now, it's sad. But we, we really? had those conversations, you know, of like, <laughs> yeah. there's moments where we have to talk very fast. You know, it's just a part of the yeah. You know, everything it's you're trying funny, to. Funny millennials would work so well with David Fincher because we just speak fast in general. Millennials. <laughs> I don't know what the cutoffs are. Speaking <laughs> speaking of uh, ASDS, our very own uh, Edward Satrakian's in this movie. Oh yes. my god! Wait, yes, what? can we? Hold on. Can we throw yes. in the beginning? Brandon, he's, he looks exactly the same. He's Come on, the same. he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> how did you miss him? He's one of the Chronicle employees. Yeah, no way. Yeah, he's one yeah. of the people at the newspaper. Yeah. He's oh, like, man. he's Wild. what? He uh, he yells at Robert Downey Jr. at one point, and it's the best. He's yeah. like, get the cut out the fucking drugs, or I don't know what he says. But uh, <laughs> oh yeah. shit. ASDS is own. Uh, so that was really cool. Yeah, Caleb and I had a class yeah, with him. Yeah, Josh for, and I was a teacher for a year. And so yeah, that's both experience. It's, it's, it is well. fun to kind of see just to see <laughs> that and be like, okay, cool, Ed. I, I, yeah. I, I see you, bro. I see you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially like with like, you know, working with, you know, Robert Downey Jr. And this is, you have to say, we. I mean, we mentioned it. He was either, no, he had filmed this probably before way he before started I, Iron yeah, Man. Because Iron Man came out a year after. 2008. Yeah. Why on Amazon Prime the year was 2007 for Zodiac? That's so interesting. It like it's interesting because it came out in 2007. I, I thought it was 2005. No, no. Okay, I mean, well, maybe okay. it was. I'm a, I'm a, I mean, it was theatrically released in 2007. Okay, yeah. great. Okay, so yeah, so he's either doing that, but like seeing Robert Downey Jr. in his like little quips, you know, to to Jake Gyllenhaal and their interaction at the Chronicle, and 
You know, it was fun. It was funny. The you know, scene at the, the, the Aqua Velvet. I was yeah. just going to bring that up. So sorry, 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 sorry. This can no like, <laughs> this yeah. longer, What is this? And Jake was like, don't knock it just because it's blue. Don't knock it until you try it, baby. I, and then he, just hard just look cut to like, like 10 of them. 10 of them. On the, <laughs> but it's it's a thing with Robert Downey Jr. where like he's one of those guys. And I'm sure that if you wanted to, you could bring up a couple of example, like exceptions that prove the rule. But he's kind of plays. He plays himself. He's Gatsby. like Sam Jackson. He, yeah. he plays I mean, himself sorry, in every. Yeah. Uh, in uh, every fucking movie. not Gatsby. I'm um, fucking Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, because Charlie Chaplin and Great Gatsby are like the same thing. Say shut up, fucking Chaplin. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> you fucking dweeb. All but, right, uh, that's fair, Chaplin. The large, the large majority of his roles are just the same kind of character. Yeah. But I feel like it fits so well here because he is like. Mm-hmm. just the, his acting style and his personality like i believe that he's like kind of arrogant and then i believe he's very paranoid and then i believe he's very broken yeah like it just feels like it's so yeah. much of like his actual life yeah comes which through. was i mean which is again what happened with tony stark right i mean yeah i mean it's inevitable we have to talk about iron man <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but again it's just it, i mean it but is that is that just good choices as an actor yeah, but and, and yeah. but it, with this, he's like playing like a real person here, right. and I feel yeah. like th- there's like a lot more emotional potency. Like even like at the scene when Gyllenhaal like comes to him, and he's like, "You should write the book at the boathouse," and he's like, "Fuck!" Like it's been I, you four know, years, let it go. It's been four years, let it go. I I almost fucking lost my life to this shit. I'm like, yeah, drop it. You know that scene's like kind of heartbreaking, yeah. yeah, in a way. And then he just fucks off for the rest of the movie ex- until that one scene towards the end where he's like watching him on when he's TV on oxygen. Like, yeah. ah, fucking the library, <laughs> the fucking library. Yeah, I think there's a, I think there's an interesting par- uh, difference to be had with like casting Downey Jr. for a role like this in Zodiac, and then using kind of what his like quirkiness is for a comic book character like I mm-hmm. like Tony Stark mm-hmm. and, and using that, like he can definitely play into kind of himself, but this was because you had to base it off like an actual reporter, an actual person. It's yeah. it, it just lended itself to the casting director going after Robert Darren Jr. And him accepting this role and doing a, and it kind of <laughs> meshed better together as a, as an acting kind of choice rather than, and it's so you know, interesting. Cause I, I agree with you. And it's so funny. Cause originally, cause uh Pincher like has worked with Brad Pitt a bunch and he wanted have Brad Pitt and I, I can't see him do it. No, like, not yeah. this one. Not, not, not um, in that role. Not maybe, maybe a uh, fucking you know, uh, I'm, sh- part. I'm sure he would have not- done something cool because to give Brad Pitt total, I mean, credit, especially at, you know, at that time, I mean, he was doing a lot of character work. He had you to go do uh, Mr. And Mrs. Smith instead. You know, I mean, when you go back to like 12 Monkeys, Snatch, things like that. Yeah, like, well, you can be a good actor and not be right for every part. No, no, I'm no, just saying, sure. like, I'm, I'm I just can't saying see him been, after watching. No, no, 100%. I just, it would have been a, it feels like something he would have gone into and taken a real shot at, whatever it was, would have been interesting. Yeah, he would have swung for the fences. Right. For sure. I, I don't think it would have been as good. I think Robert Downey Jr., like you said, is very perfect for this part. That, yeah. that uh, yeah, you believe that arrogance in the face of this murder and that immediate retreat from it so much. Yeah, so quickly. Yeah. That scene where he gets the uh, the bloody the piece yeah. of shirt. And he just it's not a fucking bloody screams. shirt. It's not a fucking bloody yeah. shirt. Yeah, he's very funny. He's very funny. He's very funny, but he's also very sad. About yeah. A man. Yeah. I think that works that out really well. Which is what apparently Paul Avery, the person he's playing, apparently that guy was exactly that. That was there you go. how people thought of him. Which is like, yeah, nailed it. Yeah, I guess in, re- in real life, uh, Toski and Avery fucking hated each other. Like in yeah. the movie, they're like, in the beginning, they're like kind of friend, like yeah. they're friendly, uh, but in real life, they were not at all. Oh, not <laughs> so ever. So I think that's really 
No, 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 no. They were like never. Oh, never friends. Okay, on good terms. Yeah, because yeah, the so movie makes it seem like it was the seemed like they were buddy, killing they were buddies until yeah, split. Yeah, which is another fucking great scene outside of that police station where he's like, "It's been a year. When are you gonna fucking catch this yeah. guy?" Like, you know, ah, so many good. It's so many good scenes. And this is to answer the question you asked, Max, Josh. I swear, I fucking love it because it compounds on itself, and it's just like everything leads into everything. There's not a wasted moment, like really at all, yeah, in my opinion. I agree. Everything is purposeful. Um, And just like Fincher's fucking attention to detail, like the way that he recreated San Francisco, like, and it's all CGI and you can't tell. I I really, I think just the fact that it's all special effects and it looks so seamless in my opinion. But but also back to what you were saying before. I mean, you're, you're following the clues with Jake Gyllenhaal's character, right? Like when, or, or Mark Ruffalo's character, you know, when he covers up his watch and you're like, wait, is he wearing a Zodiac watch? Like the fuck? And then mm-hmm. they, you expect them to like take the watch or something to come with that, and it doesn't. Or again, with the basement scene, you know, when J.J. and Hall's like, not many people in California have basements. It's like all of that has been so <laughs> meticulously like laid out. Laid like, out, those, yeah, the ground's all there. You're definitely moments. following, yeah, you're definitely following um, every little like breadcrumb, yeah. you know. But even mm-hmm. back to like the, the CGI, like, I mean, I think depending on, you know, to be compl- like a complete asshole, depending on the, the, the resolution count on your TV, you may be able to That's see true. some of the, the green screening. Um, but like, but knowing those little tidbits of the fact that, that the cab scene in that corner was just maybe a couple of house fronts and the car, the cars and the people, everything else was green screen screen was like, what the fuck? That's all great. And even the blood is all CGI. Cause the thing in that same video, mm-hmm. he says, you know, you know, Fincher likes to use CGI blood CGI so he can blood, actually he control does all of the takes that he does. There's no way that you could use practical. Right. And exactly. also he gets more control. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, are you saying that you were taken out of it? it no, of course of not. It? I'm just trying to play that well, other side. I never, <laughs> I never would have guessed there was CGI blood. I never would have guessed. CGI blood, CGI fucking buildings, CGI yeah. car. Like it, he literally like, that's how you use the tool. You don't use it to build fucking whole fucking characters and spaceships and well, even like, like well, Mank had, <laughs> Mank had all, all, all the animals in the zoo were yeah. CGI so that he could control them and they could run on the certain thing or the monkeys could jump on the fence at a certain point you know it's all the craftsmanship in, the, all, in, in yeah. his films are just on I, I, don't know an, I don't know another contemporary filmmaker who, who is on his level maybe not in my opinion not this decade just an example to support the level of detail the cabbie scene mm-hmm. if you uh, that happened at the corner of washington and cherry street in san francisco and if you look up that intersection on google maps or if you were to go there today the house that is across from where the killing took place where the kids see it happening it is the way it's portrayed in the movie is exactly how that whole area and how that house looks in real life Mm -hmm. you can look at it Mm -hmm. today even today like the house looks the exact same they have it down to a t it's like the way they capture that whole scene is the fidelity is amazing. Caleb, would you say that that's kind of Fincher's like thing? Cause you, I was talking to Ryan last night about this, you know, watching Mank and watching Zodiac and I've seen seven and fight club and things like that. And the girl with the dragon tattoo. And like, I'm trying to think like, Classics. it's not, it's um, David Fincher as a director. We, we can talk, we can see these movies, but I couldn't really draw a parallel in terms of what his, Thing is, like we could say with like Scorsese and the stills and the things like that, like would the attention to detail and just that meticulousness? I, is I mean, that yeah, that's his... what he's, I mean, I, I feel like that's what he's like famous for. I think like really, really, really like 
to the point that like no one else would bother. You know what I mean? Sure. To like go that in depth. But I mean, that's why his films are so good because he takes that time to like create everything. He's a perfectionist, but also like an artist. So it's like, he's like very creative in the way that he like constructs these really compelling narratives and attention to detail. I, I think just makes his worlds like super believable, even with something like gone girl, like, you know, you shoot in Missouri and like, you like make sure that you're paying attention to like, the location and like believable, like whatever, you know what I mean? Like even stuff where you wouldn't think you would need to, Yeah. Um, you know, anyone can recreate San Francisco on a soundstage, right. but he like looked at like the dates that like certain like landmarks went up and like the buildings. He, yeah. That whole montage of like the, the tower the going being up. built. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. He, he looked at all of the autopsy reports to make sure that all of the victims were wearing the right clothes. <laughs> like, I mean, he's, he's just like, He's just like, no, I'm going to tell the story. I'm going to fucking do it right. He's not lazy. You can't cannot say he's lazy. Okay, cool. And that's why I fucking yeah. love him because I think he he's able to do all of that and still make his movies fucking entertaining. Well, like, it's still I, a blast. I mean, it adds to the entertainment, right? I mean, especially something like this where it's all the facts and all the clues and you're trying to follow it. The more mm-hmm. accurate it is, you know. Um, and but speaking of that and building the world, one of the things that I thought was extremely well done, important, and interesting was how well he built, how hard it was for them to cooperate with each other from the different areas in, in California. Mm-hmm. Oh, the different oh. newspapers, yeah. No, the different uh, police stations. Yeah, oh, police stations. I'm sorry. That's, yeah. If you, like, listen, if you are uh, a consumer of anything true crime, that's that's a point mm. that's echoed <laughs> a lot. Is Always, like, always, yeah. Yeah, it's just, like, the, the inefficiency with different jurisdictions and states, especially in California, which is such a big state. But, like, and, and, like, Matt, I'm sure you agree but when you hear about it in true crime, whatever you're, you know, because yeah. I'm the same way, yeah. it's always like, okay, I get it, but I don't really get it. Like, why was this so fucking difficult? And then the first time the guy's like, I don't have a fax, we'll have to mail it. I'm like, oh, I get it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah. It's great well, too. It, just like the, them being kind of catty with each other. I'm, yeah. like, the, I'm like, like the phone tree. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I get why this is a nightmare. Yeah. Like, it's, well, it's, it's funny. It's like, and I get how like, like even with like, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer or whatever, mm-hmm. or like how he was able to, like they would, you know, they get able to get away with so many killing and like going to different states. And cause it's all just, it's all, yeah, it's all different back. And then you didn't have the technology we do now, you know, to track these people. Yeah. And it's just, it's just so funny. The fact that there are still cold cases and the, the only suspects, you know, died of a heart attack right before he was supposed to like, it's fucking, there, and it it's, was fucking, yeah. I'm, I'm 110%. Well, he's, 100%. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not the only suspect, but he's probably the one, he's the main one. He's, like he's the, the one, one that yeah. most people think did it, and I also well, agree if, that I think he did it too. And I think the movie is on the, the well because that's Rob, we, Robert Graysmith's yeah. position is that he did it. The Jake Gyllenhaal's character, yeah. His but isn't, I mean, wait, they, I mean, isn't this position that they both did it? They like what, were working together. No, him and, him and the other guy, the basement guy. Yeah, no, that's not what Robert Robert Graysmith thinks that Arthur Lee Allen is the Zodiac, and period. But there are people out there that do believe now that there was an accomplice involved. Wait, uh, does that scene happen when he goes to the basement after his book's already out? No, that's like before. No, that's, that's before, before he, became And he just, still doesn't that, think that that guy did it? No, well, that I mean, I don't even know if that guy's real, the basement guy. Oh. Uh, I mean, well, maybe okay. he is. I mean, because, you know. Uh, no, it was based on, a, yeah, it was based on a real but, so, But that guy, the basement guy, it was, was the guy that ran that theater, which is mm-hmm. where Rick Marshall, which was another suspect, he worked. Yeah. At, he was associated with that guy, and Rick Marshall worked at that theater. So he's one of the prime Zodiac suspects. Suspects. So that scene 
is when Jake Gyllenhaal is still on Rick Marshall as a suspect. So then when he's like obsessing right. over him, that's before because of the handwriting. Yeah, that's why but it turns it's out to be so that scary guy's. when that guy's like, "Oh, I do all the yeah. No, that's myself. my handwriting. Yeah. And then Jake Gyllenhaal's like, "I have to leave immediately." <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I feel like the movie having that scene at the end where Liam McPoyle is like, "Oh, it's John Carroll Lynch." Like, oh, okay, so yeah, this movie definitely thinks Liam McPoyle. Yeah, Jimmy Smith. But also, yeah. if that happened, then that's like the most important part in the whole case. Mm-hmm. Well, I you mean, know? there's yeah. so there's so much circumstantial evidence against Arthur Lee Allen. It's crazy. Like the whole thing that uh Joan Hole points out to uh Mark Ruffalo in the diner, he's like, Arthur Lee Allen lived fifty yards away from Darlene Farron. Yeah. Yeah. And Far, no. like sis, Darlene's sister said that she knew and was afraid of a guy named Lee and like mm. the fucking guns and the gloves and the right the right yeah. boots that are you can only get military grade like yeah. the Zodiac watch and he confessed like, his evil so plan he confessed his plan yeah. to John Cheney his friend he said like I'm gonna call myself Zodiac and I'm like it's just, it's just fucking insane yeah. and I'll, I'll go on like a little tangent just for a second yeah. it's so insane that like the same shit that convict like to a way lesser degree any one of those things and if the if the guy was black you would be in jail till he was dead but it's because it's like this white guy it's like oh it's only circumstantial evidence the handwriting doesn't match can't get the fingerprints <laughs> it's just so interesting it's so it's so interesting to me how like because and it is a lack of cooperation the movie makes such a point about it. it's like these police yeah. stations just did not talk to each other yeah. and that's like it is a true crime thing and so it like it just imagine how many fucking people would still be alive if like i yeah. don't know it's just very interesting well you say that but we have email now it doesn't seem to be that great either so <laughs> <laughs> we're still producing it's, pretty shit there are very far fewer that's true active it, serial killers also, like, today it's, it's super true <laughs> and also world. like i feel like It'd be very, 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 very hard to not get caught for a murder these days. Like, I just feel like you're, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a reason why you don't, you know, see these. Well, I mean, there's multiple reasons, but I don't see a lot of people going. And this serial killer is still on the loose, right. even though there are, like, statistically speaking, how many active serial killers? No, but, you, but you're you right. It's all, it's all these, like, all these things that we'll watch is like, and then it was this person and we caught him and he's dead now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, or like... <laughs> <laughs> or rotting in jail forever. Right. Um, yeah, I like I like that uh, the attention to detail is definitely, and especially with the true crime thing like this, it's, you know, kudos for Fincher to, like, taking that time to research and get that shit right. Because it is, you know, when, you know, I want to, sorry, pulling back a little bit of, like, when I when I first mentioned, like, his thing to Caleb, you know, ask, asking Caleb here, you know, it's because, like, now I understand, like, David Fincher's movies, like, we're always like, it's going to be a great movie, but it's like, instead of, me, I was trying to to pull in like a almost like an aesthetic correlation between like movie like a Mank movie or mm-hmm. the Zodiac and things like that. Like maybe there's something that he does in his movies, like David uh, like David Lynch with the whole overlays. Mm-hmm. Like directors have their kind of thing, right? But David Lynch, because of the meticulousness and because of the research, I feel like all of his the, films are shot very similarly too. And they're very yeah. Long, yeah, take, long shot, very like specific, precise camera movement. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's a good good to know going in. So I I do I do appreciate that and um because for me like I'm I'm definitely the one as a director to I'm looking at everything on the screen and I and I do pick up a lot of things and I think that you know having someone like David Fincher go through with a like a fine tooth comb and make sure that everything lines up and is accurate and that you know there there can't be anybody who goes up and goes. 
well, I lived in the 70s and I was on that corner yeah. and there was a tree, yeah, you know, yeah. or some shit. I don't know. Fuck, people are crazy these days. So It's just, yeah. I don't know. It's insane that people don't do that. It's like not the default. Right. Like so many directors are like happy to just be like, ah, it's good enough. But especially with something like this, where it has to be so fashionable based to be taken seriously, yeah. right? So it is like a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I, mean, I like. Yeah, I it. yeah. So well done. You guys want to rate? What are you thinking? Does anyone else have anything else to say? I just thought it was dope. I want to keep talking. <laughs> I just want to keep. Yeah, I mean, I want to keep talking I mean, for like two more hours. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we can. <laughs> no, we go on for. I do want to shout out, like, I mean, the entire cast, like so Chloe Sevigny was. We didn't really, really talk great. about Ruffalo. She, he was fantastic. He's good. Like, he was probably my least favorite out of the three, but that's that's like not really saying any. I mean, he's still great. Yeah, like I him and well, his jaw tension, and then June was playing his wife. Yeah, shout June, out Diane Raphael. Um, Clea Duvall shows up for a second uh, as the woman in the prison. Who yeah. is like Jake Gyllenhaal's like just say Rick Marshall. Yeah. He's like no, oh, his right. name's Lee, and he goes, "Why the slow turn back?" Classic. Yeah. Um, who was um uh who was Jake Gyllenhaal's girlfriend? Chloe Sevigny. Yeah. Chloe Sevigny. Yeah. Um, gotta shout out Brian Cox. Yeah. Melvin uh, Bell- as uh, Melvin Belli. Yeah. He's no. good. He's just he's one of those guys that's just great in everything. everything. Like so many so many people in this movie. He always just pops in things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. He, and, and like the same thing for like shows. He'll be in like two episodes. You know what I mean? And then pop he's back. He's in succession. He's like the lead in succession yeah. right now. And uh he's really great in adaptation. He plays Robert McKee, the guy yeah. who wrote like story, like the big screenwriting textbook. Wasn't uh, he like awesome. the he was in X two? Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's striker. He's striker. Oh uh, yeah, and he's like, when it, yeah, of course, yeah. it all comes back to Marvel. So the the character he <laughs> plays in Zodiac, Melvin Belli, he was mm-hmm. like a famous defense attorney at the time, and and Star Trek, actually. he was in Star Trek, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they say that like when he's on the Jim, I think his name's Jim, the the show, the television show he's yeah. on, where the yeah, guy yeah. calls in Jim Dunbar. Jim Dunbar. I, I like that little moment where like they go to a commercial break and Jim Dunbar. Like, he's oh, like, I saw you on Star Trek. I loved your Star Trek. You know, I thought about becoming an actor full time. <laughs> I thought about becoming an actor full time. I uh... Uh, and then yeah, he's got. They give him that line when the pe- when the police are swarming the church. He's like, "You guys know how to do a fucking yeah, whatever." Put on a secret know. meeting. Put on a secret meeting. Yeah, he's by. just he's just wonderful. He's so and, good. I, and I love him. Yeah, in everything. Um, no, the whole cast. The whole cast is great. Dave Tosky, uh, the detective who Mark Ruffalo played. Mm-hmm. He, you know how they reference? Oh, like he wears his gun like bullet. That's yeah. that's actually true. That Steve McQueen based it on took him. it from him. Yeah, yeah. and Dirty Harry is yeah. kind of based on him too. I know. Well, I love that scene where he goes to the movie, the Dirty Harry yeah. movie, and it's just like I can't fucking watch. Yeah, this shit. I know that was really good. And like all yeah. of the moments. You know what? I'll give Ruffalo credit. I mean, there, he has a lot of those moments where like so many people around him. He's just like, well, you're all making it impossible to do this job. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you're yelling at me for not catching the guy, but like you're, it's in the fucking newspaper. Everybody's like phoning in fake claims like they made a fucking movie about it like it's yeah. like he's just well, so that's defeated such yeah. a great line when he's like yeah they're already making movies about it. they're already making yeah. movies about it like it's over away, yeah um yeah. and he and he's so and he gives up that's the thing it's not even that he's so close he gives up and then Hall's like no i am a neurotic mess nightmare yeah, of a human and I, being <laughs> and you will fucking you will fucking Jill listen to my playing, evidence <laughs> it's just a sequel for Hall from october sky it's the same kid yeah <laughs> It's just, this is what happened right after uh, that plane crashed on Donnie Darko's fat fucking face. <laughs> he woke up, he woke up and he was uh, Robert Graysmith drawing cartoons. Yeah, because that whole movie could be a dream. <laughs> Max, yeah. was there anything, anything major you wanted to bring up? 
we have a little time left. Did or? it make you appreciate living in an era of San Francisco that wasn't stalked by the Zodiac? Yeah. 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 Did it make you want to become the Zodiac? Are yeah. you the Zodiac? <laughs> hey. No, no, hey, I'm hey sure careful. Are we on air? <laughs> Ted Cruz. I, I made that joke earlier. When we were going, I don't yeah, know Ted how he started the that on the internet, but that's hilarious. So yeah, good. He looks exactly like that police sketch. It's uncanny. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. I'm also, I'm glad I did not live in Sacramento in the mid 1970s because that's when the Golden State Killer was the rampant. BTK, or is that a different thing? The BTK was in Kansas. The Golden State Damn Killer shit. was well, he was at first the East Area rapist when he was in Sacramento raping people, terrorizing people. It's horrible. If you look up that case, it's mm-hmm. fucking a nightmare. Like the shit he yeah. did. Uh, he was the one that was just convicted this year. Um, he, they these, caught dude, him. these dudes are they caught, hella him, uncool. caught him in 2018 from DNA evidence, yeah. uh, and he was just he's the most prolific serial offender in California history because he murdered 13 people, but he raped uh, like around 50. Jesus, all across Jesus California. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's actually that they if they do a movie about that, Fincher should do it. <laughs> oh yeah, give it to Fincher. Fincher's sure. just licking his lips. He's like, any day now. Any it's day. actually a more fascinating case than the Zodiac, I think, because the the only because there's closure or there's the there's closure, and it's just it's the the investigation into him, the hunt for him. It's it's fa- honestly like if you look this stuff up, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. But the but, the clues is the hook for the Zodiac movie, yeah, right? Yeah, but it, there's it a lot of the trailer and the puzzles and the, like the, the ciphers. Like there's know, still the ciphers, ciphers that aren't I mean. like yeah. and he was writing letters that, that aren't chronicle. solved yet. I know I bet that people I have think. like solved the ciphers yet. They're yeah. that like a computer would have solved the cipher. You right. Know I mean? You would like, think that, yeah, now you'd be able to scan it in and like <laughs> just fucking like, IBM's Watson would be like, so his name is, <laughs> right. <laughs> he's at 138. Yeah. this address. Like, uh, we're tracking his iPhone. I mean, yeah. we can tell you ex- literally where he is right <laughs> now. Do you want us to turn the camera on? <laughs> oh, oh, he's on a plane. Oh, he's in Ecuador. Sorry, Mr. Chance. Um, yeah, I don't know. I fucking think this movie's great. It's very good. And really, really uh, I appreciate revisiting it because this was like one of my least favorites of his and now i'm not stupid (laughs) (laughs) no no, i just appreciate i appreciate it more exactly what we said i appreciate it slower things i appreciate the details the craftsmanship all the performances the the nuance of it yeah Yeah. um it's a it's a 4.5 for me uh just just because i'm not necessarily emotionally invested which is something like the whole time which is something i really value like I, I definitely like the tension and all that, and like there are moments, but it's 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 funny. He's very cold. It's clinical on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but four point five, easy, easy. I I agree with that because yeah, yeah, same. Like, because I agree. Like some sort of emotional drawn storyline would have been great, but you just don't have the fucking time. You just don't. Um, but I did. I enjoyed it more than I like Mank, and I really liked Mank. So yeah, four point five. Josh, hit us with that three. Um, I was going to, so I, I'm going to give it a 3.5 right. for now, just because I did, I enjoyed Mank a lot this mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. watching Zodiac last night, it was, it was my first time. So I, I had a process a lot in this conversation. It's totally respectable. Definitely helped, but I'm going to give it, you know, the scale 3.5 for me. That, that lines up with what I thought. Max hit me. Uh, hit me with I'm, that. I'm, hit me with I'm that. Go with a five. I think it's yep, really one there of my it favorites. Is, baby. There it is. Yeah, I would say from memory, I mean, I think for me, it's like Social Network, Fight Club 7, this. Mm-hmm. And Purple Rain. 
That's not a Fincher. That's not a Fincher movie. Oh, sorry. Maybe I thought is. you were just movies that you gave fives to. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, well, Fincher's best movie is Alien Three. I think we can all. Agree. <laughs> I, that's I haven't seen that. It goes. It goes. Alien Three. It's pretty dope. Benjamin Button. Uh, and then this. No. Alien Three uh, this is, is very good. I like I've seen Seven, but I don't remember it that well. I saw it a long time ago. Seven. Seven's, seven's a good watch. Great. It's I mean, harder now though to watch because yeah. of. It's harder uh, now just because I love Kevin Spacey so much. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't. Know. I love him more. It's like he's playing a fucking like deranged lunatic serial killer. I don't think I don't feel empathy for him. I don't yeah. find this particular. No, film it's scarier because like that seems like maybe it's just him. Wow. He didn't rape any, or no, sorry, he didn't murder anyone. He definitely raped people. Uh, cool. Um, so before, <laughs> what's in the box? Yeah, that, honestly, like that—that that is pretty. That's a silly, silly moment. It's hard to get over that. No, don't look! Don't look! Don't look in there. It's not what you want to see. Sorry, Josh. What were you going to say? No, I, I just—I, you know, it's—it's it's been a nice, hearty episode. Um, and I like to thank Max. We do have a special treat for everybody, but before that. Um, we have we have a little snippet from Max. Max has treated us, so it's a little. Um, we will introduce that when we're about to sign off. But for next week, our last episode. Next week is our last episode, the final episode. Oh wow! Three MFAers for the year, and then we're taking a short break for the holidays, and we'll be back in January. (laughs) Uh, so to end, to end us off, I think it's my pick. So I was part of the penultimate episode. Of the yeah. season, it was just this went so poorly that I think we're gonna have to cancel. Oh it. fuck! Sorry. God. Sorry. I, I mean, I kind of feeling. You, I woke up at six a.m. today. I was like, you, they're probably not. They're not gonna go with it. <laughs> you, ruined it for, you, you ruined it for everybody, yeah, as I do. No, uh, I I wanted to uh, do a uh, bona fide classic, a holiday favorite for the ages. I've never seen uh, "It's a Wonderful Life" all the way through. So I'd like to do It's a Wonderful Life, Frank Capra, 1946. Yeah. Everybody likes it. They say it's a great movie. Yeah. We'll fucking find out and we'll be the final word. <laughs> I, can't, I cannot wait to hear why it's not a wonderful life. <laughs> what yeah. is it? Do you know what it's on? Uh, in America, it is on Amazon Prime. I don't know about other poorer countries. It might be HBO like Max. Too. <laughs> I don't know if it that's could be on true. HBO Max. HBO Max had Citizen Kane. That's how I watched it. Yeah. Has a lot of old movies. And they're both and they're both old and black and white. We, we don't movies. get yeah, exactly. HBO Max exactly. over here because we're not cool enough. Is H is seriously not international? No, we uh, we have uh, Crave and they're piping it all through there. So they're just piping uh, okay. it through another app. Yeah. I'm almost positive that it's on Prime in Canada too. I feel I, like I I'm checked. not worried about it at all. Yeah, I think it's it's okay. somewhere for sure. Is it not on Criterion? Nope. That's weird. Uh, it's on Prime. Well, that's a great but, pick. I actually have never seen that movie all the way through either, so I should watch that no. as well. Uh, oh, well, I you only, won't be joining uh, I'm, us. A, I'm aware. Oh, this is awkward. Were, uh, this, this is, is awkward. A, well, yeah, oh, God, Alpha, I, this is so awkward. <laughs> I wish we had done this off the air. Yeah, yeah no, it's not going to work out. We'll call you. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> also, I, I mean, just, you should know, oh. it doesn't need to affect your decision if you're, whether you're going to call me or not, but I do, I make okay. candles on Etsy, so... <laughs> That's something. What do you make them out of? This is important. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you that. Ooh, I like it. Let's just say see things. (laughs) (laughs) Can you give us like give us step one of the process? What is your favorite scent of candle that you manufacture? Sand. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, I'm buying. I'm buying a whole crate. All right, Josh, take Ma- us out uh, before we keep Max, doing this for Max, hours. Max, where can where can our listeners find you on social media? Wherever. Oh fuck! Uh, I mean, I have an Instagram. Are you doing that thing? You have Instagram. <laughs> What's your handle? You do very funny videos on Instagram. Yeah, uh, so, and uh, there actually there will be a video soon. Like I said before, I'm gonna come out with a little mm-hmm. something that I'm in uh, that I'm collabing with on. Uh, with a good friend of mine that's an amazing artist. So he's going to have some funny Melania stuff. Let's just say that. And it's going to be... Don't don't feel like plugging It's going to be superimposed with the, his art. It's going to be superimposed in a video that has music that I'm doing that's my own arrangement of the song Carol the Bells. And the, oh, Carol the Bells, sweet silver bells. <laughs> oh, so it's just going to be a funny little thing. And that should be out soon. But other than that, I mean, I know you're about to play a little snippet of a thing I composed, but... Like I don't, my website's not active right now, so you can't really go look mm-hmm. at my music or anything. But I'm working okay. on stuff, so your listeners can just stay tuned. All right, just well, fucking Max, stay tuned, uh, and I'm gonna make some things. <laughs> Max, when you um get your fucking shit together, you can come back on. Okay. And uh, I will, yeah, when <laughs> and I have promote. like real stuff. But my Instagram <laughs> handle is a million Maximilians. That's what it is. We'll link it. We'll post that. We'll link it. Yeah, whatever. Um, thing is, you don't have to write. <laughs> 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 and what is what um and what is the what is the piece that uh that it's name? called there and gone what you'll hear it's just like a 30 30 or 40 second like little like taste of it it's not the whole piece uh because the whole piece is three okay. minutes cool. long but, but a little a little yeah, taste and gives you a little like gives it. you a little idea of the hopefully the most emotionally compelling moments of it yeah perfect Excellent. um well, before before we get to that, uh, again, we're Three of My Favorites Podcast. I am Josh, and we're here with Caleb and Brandon. And special thank you to uh, Max Pfeiffer for coming on and mm-hmm. having this great conversation yeah, about David Fincher and all welcome. things music. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you can find Love us you. on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, Spotify. If you're listening things, to this, you, you know, you know, you know, you know all this information. <laughs> you know where it is. Um, you know where it is. But uh, if you want to watch, if you want to come on YouTube and bump, get those numbers up, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, put us on in the background <laughs> oh, for sure. You guys posted on YouTube. Oh man, they didn't. Even we post on YouTube. Yeah, okay. right. All right, so oh, I need to start man. saying YouTube. Watch it so on YouTube. I'll, I'll watch it on YouTube now because it's nice to see your guys' faces as you make your comments. Thanks, Max. Oh well, we don't have videos. It's just audio on YouTube. Well, we actually do a, have video. We just haven't. We now have much. video with Zoom. So. Very good. <laughs> Fucking move up in the world. All right. With that being said, we will. When we come back next year, we'll have all of our ducks in a row for sure. I just want to lose my COVID weight before I get on camera. That's Me true. Too. Yeah, I got a game. Right, COVID you also that. want me to lose my COVID? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Max, seriously, right. come back anytime. You're oh, the man. Thank, thank, you. thank you so I much, I buddy. I love this. It was great. I'm going to come back a lot. A lot fun. I'm probably going to come back too uh, well, much. And you guys are going to uh, be like, you guys are going to be like. Again, we uh, will let you know when we're ready. <laughs> All right, fine. All right, bye. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening. And now enjoy a little there and gone.